0: message today is entitled, Our Comforter. A little over ten years ago, Nancy and I started a home church under the direction of the Holy Spirit. I had been, in, been ordained several years before that and had worked as an associate pastor for a large church. I'd also taken two interim pastor Uh, positions for a couple different churches, until God called us on a completely different and new path, a home church. It was called First Light Bible Church. Our first services were literally Nancy and I, our two kids, and our dog and our cat. (laughs) Then we were persuaded by our daughter, Allison, to take in an exchange student. After much prayer and discussion, we agreed to host Olya from the Ukraine for an entire year. She became like a sister to Allison. She was part of our family. Another exchange student was hosted by very close friends of ours who had friends of ours who had joined our church, home church. His name was Derek Yavu, and he was from Ghana. We all were very close and. Worship together each Sunday in our home. In the spring of that year, God opened the doors for us to rent a space in downtown Bay City to host our church, which was now growing. Our kids and our exchange and the exchange students were all on the worship team. Our son Joshua, who is a naturally gifted musician, was our drummer while our daughter Allison led the worship singing with Olya and Derek, who were both on-fire Christians, assisting with very beautiful voices and genuine hearts for God. And even after Olya and Derek returned to their home countries, we have remained very close with calls and emails and messages and texts. There have even been a couple return visits where they each have made separately to spend time with us again. After all, when God puts someone in your family, you, you, you become family. It doesn't matter how far you are apart, you stay family. In fact, just four months ago, Derek visited us right here in Roscommon. He had just graduated with, graduated with his medical degree in Ghana and now was a full-fledged doctor about to start his first assignment he and our daughter Allison spent a wonderful evening right here on the stage in our church worshiping and singing together again. In fact, I recorded two videos of them that night and posted them on our church Facebook page. It was a tremendous and truly anointed evening. It was so great to see Derek again with such a heart for God. A young man full of true and genuine joy, ready to use his gifts and his talents to impact the world. Last Sunday evening, Nancy and I got word that Derek had suddenly passed away at the age of 26. We were in a state of complete disbelief. This. Couldn't be real. We saw a few posts on Facebook, but this had to be wrong. This it couldn't be happening. He was so full of joy, a genuine and natural evangelist. He just graduated from medical school. He had his whole life in front of him. We just saw him. How could this be real? We were devastated. I made the difficult call to his host parents in Arizona and broke the very sad news to them. Nancy called our daughter Allison and shared this heartbreaking truth with her over tears and still utter disbelief and shock. After several calls and texts and messages and the days since, it has begun to sink in. But it is so painful when you lose someone that you love so deeply. Derek, who had been doing fine, went into the ER with chest pains and died just a couple of days later. It was so sudden. It was so sad. I lost my father 16 years ago. I was at his side when he passed in the emergency room. Death is never easy. There are so many unanswered questions and wonderings that go through your mind. So many tears and a range of emotions from disbelief to sadness to anger to worry to just feeling numb at times. And yet, in these times of grief, God calls us to Himself. He allows us to go through our grief in whatever form it takes, and it is different for everyone. For He is truly our Heavenly Father. Not just our God, but He is our Father. And He seeks to console us. Psalm 147, verse 3, in the Amplified Version says this, He heals the brokenhearted and binds up their wounds, healing their pain and comforting their sorrow. You see, even though we may go through many emotions where we question God or we may get angry or just find ourselves stuck in our pain, God still draws close to us and desires to comfort us in our sorrow. He doesn't shame us. He doesn't tell us simply to be joyful because our loved one is in a better place. He binds our wounds. He acknowledges our hurt and our pain. He comforts us in our sorrows when we are open to Him. How can God do this? Even as we give in to temptations to doubt or to become angrier, Or our sorrow leads to feelings of despair. How can God do that? Well, Hebrews 4, verse 15 says this, For we do not have a high priest who cannot sympathize with our weaknesses, but he was in all points tempted as we are, yet without sin. Jesus came down to us. There wasn't just a declaration from heaven. There wasn't just a holy book found somewhere. Jesus came down to walk with us. To live with us. To be with us. And He was subject to the same limitations of a human body and emotions in the same way that we all are. He did all of this freely and willingly so that He could sympathize with us and feel our pain and know our sorrows, and understand completely every single emotion and thought that passes through our minds and our souls as we process things in life. He was tempted in every way that we are, but He was also able to never give in to sin. Though He was tempted to give up. Tempted to go against God's painful will. Tempted in every way, Jesus never sinned. He never gave in. And always trusted God through all His pain. Through all His suffering and sorrow. Especially if it seemed incredibly unfair. And yet, this was not done simply to say that He was perfect and above our weaknesses. On the contrary, Jesus is with us in our weaknesses. He is with us in the midst of our pain and sorrow. He's close to us as we process through doubt and anger and despair and numbness and hurt. And because He was able to defeat all temptations to sin, because He was able to defeat death and hell and the grave, He is the answer to our grief and our pain. He doesn't judge us for our grief. He willingly stepped into it and comes into it with us. In the Gospel of John, Jesus visited His good friends, Mary and Martha, who were grieving over the death of their brother Lazarus. In this example, Jesus shows both His divinity and His humanness. John 11.32 Then when Mary came where Jesus was and saw Him, she fell down at his feet saying to him, Lord, if you had been here, my brother would not have died. Here we see Mary, a very close personal friend of Jesus. And what is the first thing she says to him? Lord, if you had been here, this would not have happened. In her grief and in her pain and in her attempt to make sense of something that didn't make any sense, Her words seem to cast blame on Jesus. Because, after all, He let this tragedy happen. It's a very natural and human response to death and pain and sorrow. Because we are hurting so much. Our human tendency is many times to cast blame on others. On doctors. On family members. And even on God Himself. Why did God allow this to happen? Doesn't He care? Why didn't He stop this from happening? Why has He allowed us to experience so much pain and sorrow? How would Jesus respond to Mary? Would He be offended at her words of blame and put her in her place? Would He tell her to just have more faith? Absolutely not. He stepped into her grief with her. John 11, verse 33. Therefore, when Jesus saw her weeping, and the Jews who came with her weeping, He groaned in the Spirit and was troubled. It actually hurt Jesus to see His very good friends in pain over this death. He groaned in His Spirit And was troubled. He didn't condemn Mary for her accusations or her thoughts or her reactions. He knew her heart. Many times today we get so bent out of shape because of words, we don't allow people grace to make mistakes instead of looking at their hearts like God does. Jesus knew that right now, her pain and sorrow were trying to make sense of something that only he could really understand. So is it okay to question God? To process through feelings of blame and doubt and anger and despair? Is it okay to ask God why? It is absolutely okay. The Bible shares this with us. If we go to God with our questions not just to the world. When Jesus was dying on the cross, He was deserted by His friends and followers. He was in great pain and suffering, being crucified for living a perfect life. Even Jesus asked God why. Remember in Matthew 27, verse 46, to fulfill a prophecy, it says, in about the ninth hour, Jesus cried out with a loud voice, saying, Eli! Eli, Lama Sabatani. that is translated, My God, My God, why have You forsaken Me? Jesus was in great pain and sorrow. He was tempted to give up on God's will of the sacrifice. He felt so alone, even from His Heavenly Father. Surely Satan himself had tempted Jesus with these very words, saying something like, where is your God now? Why has even He forsaken you? And what is Jesus' response in this time of great sorrow? He goes directly to God and brings the temptation out of the darkness and into the light for God alone to answer it. As soon as Jesus brings what was in the darkness into the light, the power of the temptation is broken. And God gives Jesus the peace and the strength to continue. It is exactly what He does for us. If we go directly to God, and if we are honest with our feelings and our emotions and our thoughts, when we bring our temptations to doubt, our temptations to quit, to wander, out of the darkness and into the light for God alone, then He brings us a supernatural peace and His strength so that we can continue. Thus, Jesus didn't judge Mary for speaking out of her pain because Mary spoke directly to Jesus. He didn't fixate or become offended at her words. He looked at her heart. Listen, God is big enough to handle your anger. He's big enough to handle your doubts. He created you and He gave you emotions to express your needs, so that you knew when you express your emotions, so that you knew when your needs were not met. He knows you. He loves you with an everlasting love that is not stifled during times of grief and processing things that seem too painful to bear because He is close to the brokenhearted, He steps into your grief with you. As we see in this event with those who were grieving at the death of Lazarus. John 11.34 Jesus said, Where have you laid Him? They said to Him, Lord, come and see. Jesus followed them to the tomb of Lazarus and seeing the pain of their grief he showed a very human and very natural emotion. John eleven thirty five 35, and 36. Jesus wept. Then the Jews said, See how He loved Him. Grief is the price for loving someone. Even Jesus wept at the pain of sorrow. He was compassionate for His friends who were grieving. He wept with them. There is a purpose for grief that is actually ordained by God if we don't condemn ourselves for not being strong enough or not having enough faith to get through the sorrow quicker. There is a reason for everything in every season that we pass through in life as long as we choose to daily seek God in all we go through. I love this verse in Psalm 126, verse 5. It says, those who sow in tears shall reap in joy. Tears are the body's natural response to pain and loss. It has nothing to do with being weak. On the contrary, tears are your body's expression of honesty. Because you all know we like to hide things from others at times. We don't want to appear vulnerable in front of them. And yet your body says, I am going to be honest. Tears are your body's natural expression of honesty. Of being, choosing to be completely vulnerable before God and others. And if we sow tears of sorrow, giving all our honest emotions to God, He is faithful to bring us through that pain. And in His perfect will, He gives us eternal peace and eternal joy. Psalm 126, verse 6, He who continually goes forth weeping, bearing seed for sowing, shall doubtless come again with rejoicing, bringing his sheaves with him. You see, when we mourn and give God our honesty, we are bearing seed for sowing. We are trusting that God can handle our pain and our sorrow and our questions and our thoughts. And as we stay close to Him, we slowly receive His peace. It is not easy. And it still hurts. Yet what God does is give us a personal revelation of our eternal peace with Him in heaven if we trust Him through the process. John 11.25 Jesus said to her, I am the resurrection and the life. He who believes in Me, though he may die, he shall live. Jesus shared this truth not only for the sake of Lazarus, but also for everyone who chooses to humble ourselves, to repent and turn to Him. To all who believe in Jesus and personally accept the sacrifice that He made for us as payment for our sins, we can be assured that though we all will die, we indeed shall live eternally. By the blood of Jesus we have been forgiven. And we all will be resurrected into new life in eternity if we come to Him by faith. This is the truth of His message. And yet there are still doubts that pervade our minds, especially when we are pulled into pain and pulled off course. How are we to stay in faith? and continue believing in Jesus in the midst of pain and sorrow and tragedy? Well, Jesus knew this would be very difficult for all of us, especially as the world breaks down all around us like it is now, especially as sin runs rampant and the love of many grows cold. He knew that we all would face very unfair events and heartbreaking experiences, He knew that many who chose to believe in him and take on his name as Christians would suffer great persecution and be challenged on many fronts. So before Jesus ascended into heaven after his resurrection from the dead, before he left us to return to the throne room of heaven, he gave us a very special promise. John chapter 14 verse 16. Jesus said, and I will pray to the Father, and He shall give you another Comforter, that He may abide with you forever. This Comforter whom God would send is the Holy Spirit who comes upon each of us when we humble ourselves and choose to believe in Christ and what He has done for us. The Holy Spirit dwells within us as we become now the temple of the living God. Notice that the first time Jesus introduces the Holy Spirit to us, He doesn't talk in heavenly language calling Him the Spirit. But rather, He calls Him the Comforter. Jesus knew that is exactly what we needed during times of grief, of sorrow and of great challenge. And during every season of life that we walk through, it is the Holy Spirit, an equal expression of our triune God who comforts believers, who leads us in truth, who convicts us when we wander, and continually brings to mind the fullness of God's Word in a way that we can understand so that we can hold on to Him and His promises. As I have pressed into God during our time of grief, I have been given a revelation from Him that God's ultimate goal is to bring His children to heaven to live with Him forever. Now sometimes He allows us to experience great blessings here on earth. But that is not His main purpose. For there are many who experience constant pain and great turmoil. Some undergo great persecution simply for their faith in Him. God's greatest goal is to get us all to heaven. When we realize this, it helps us understand difficult times through which we all must pass in the process. As you spend personal time in the Word of God and devoted time in prayer, learning to hear and to understand and to discern His voice, you will begin to hear the Holy Spirit talking directly to you. Giving you your daily bread. What you need each and every day from the Lord. This daily bread, little by little, each day, helps to bring peace for confusion. Healing for pain and faith for our journey. He truly is our great comforter for all that we need in this life. He comes to us in our pain and never leaves nor forsakes us. He is our rock and our solid foundation. He is the reason why we have hope and why we can face tomorrow and why we gather together as united believers, even in this house of God, to lift up His name. He understands us like no one else can. He encourages us through every difficulty and through every challenge. He puts loved ones in our lives to come alongside of us to help bear the burden, to carry the weight, to believe for us, to encourage us, to stand with us. He rejoices with our successes and draws near to us in our sorrows. And as we continually turn to Him, He reassures us of the hope that we have in Him. Sorrow is real. But it is only temporary for those who place their faith and trust in Jesus Christ as our Lord and Savior. Psalm 30 Verse 5, says, Weeping may endure for the night, but joy comes in the morning. As we press into God through every challenge in life, the Holy Spirit, our Comforter, our personal Comforter, helps us realize the joy of the morning. Our eternal joy with Him. And when we have doubts, or when we are tempted to question His will, let us be reminded by the words of John. Revelation chapter 21, starting at verse 3. And I heard a loud voice from heaven, saying, Behold, the tabernacle of God is with men, and He will dwell with them, and they shall be His people." God Himself will be with them and be their God. Verse 4, And God will wipe away every tear from their eyes. There shall be no more death, nor sorrow, nor crying. There shall be no more pain, for the former things have passed away. Verse 5, Then He who sat on the throne said, Behold, I make all things new. And he said to me, Write, for these words are true and faithful. These indeed are true and faithful words directly from the throne of God written for you and me. Let us hold on to these words of comfort, of hope and promise as our Comforter holds on to each one of us in His perfect, perfect love. Heavenly Father, we thank You for Your words. We thank You for sending Jesus to live for us, to die for us, to die for our sins, to make a way for us. We thank You for sending the Holy Spirit to come inside each one of us as we turn to You. We thank You that You are big enough to handle our anger, our doubts, our questions, our fear. We thank You for Your perfect love which holds us in the palm of Your hand. May You bless this church, bless this body as we continue to trust You through every trial in life. In Jesus' name, Amen.